If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Nevada is a huge state with seemingly endless stretches of desert as well as giant rocky mountains. It's a melting pot that attracts people from all around the world with its beautiful landscape, resorts, and of course, casinos. But beyond all this, the Silver State also has an extensive criminal history. And in today's episode, we're going to be digging deep into some creepy stories you may have never heard of. Here are five disturbing Nevada cold cases that will keep you up at night. Number five, Star Palumbo. Full of hopes and dreams... 25-year-old Star Palumbo left her hometown of Tucson, Arizona back in 1999 in search of a better life. She headed to good old Reno, Nevada, where she lived there with her grandmother. Shortly after arriving, was able to find work at a local pawn shop. Star liked to hang out with friends, as many people her age do, but unbeknownst to her family, she was getting mixed up with the wrong crowd. She used methamphetamine, and considering she was only earning minimum wage as a cashier, it's a wonder how she was able to really sustain her drug habit. On April 25th of 2000, a young woman called her parents back in Arizona for the very last time. Her mother noticed hints of paranoia in her daughter's voice, as according to her, Star believed that she was being followed and that her telephone was being tapped. The following day, Star was found wandering in a restricted area at the Reno Tahoe International Airport. When asked by the authorities there what she was doing, she explained that she was searching for her little sister who had run out onto the tarmac. Airport security, of course, didn't believe her, but she didn't seem to pose a real risk. She seemed dazed and confused and ultimately, she was ushered out of the facility and brought to the entrance of the Reno Hilton Hotel and Casino, where she said she was staying 
at around 1 a.m. on April 27. This, though, was the official last place she was seen, and she never checked into that hotel. Her vehicle was found illegally parked and abandoned at the airport the following day on April 28th. Most of her belongings, her phone and purse with $600 inside, were still in the car. But beyond that, they also found inside printed copies of three emails addressed to the White House. In those, she stated that she suspected the federal government was attempting to murder her. There was also a sketch of a woman that looked like Star, and it depicted the female subject banned and gagged. Upon further inspection, they also discovered books about how to go about changing your identity. Her family looked in Reno for her for several months, and in December, eight months after she had vanished, a casino owner named Linda saw her flyer and told police that she had recently run into Star, who frantically told her she was being chased by a pimp. She believed the man was watching her through the windows, and shortly after, Linda said that Palumbo hurriedly left with an unknown person. The disappearance of Star remains an open case, with police believing that she was either murdered or perhaps overdosed and her body disposed of. Number 4. Stephanie Stroh At the age of 21, Stephanie Stroh had a dream of traveling all around the world. In 1986, she took a break from Reed College in Portland, Oregon, And with the little she had, she spent time exploring Europe and then Asia before returning to the States in September of 87. Back home, she, together with her boyfriend, Art Torrance, then embarked on a cross-country journey. Stephanie, it seems, was determined to see every corner of the world. Their starting point on this adventure was in New York, and they made their way all the way to Salt Lake City, Utah, where Art decided it was time for him to head home to Oregon. Stephanie, meanwhile, was determined to finish what they started, and she planned to continue heading west to San Francisco, where her parents lived. On October 15th, she called her folks from the four-way cafe and truck stop in Wells, Nevada, but they weren't home, so she just left a message and said, Hi, Mom. I'm in Nevada. I'll be home later. Leave the key under the map. Later on that day, Stephanie was seen talking to a clerk at a Motel 6 in Winnemucca, Nevada. She was looking to book a room, but the place was packed out and the staff tried to help her get a room at another motel in Reno. But Stroh never made it to that Reno motel, and she never got home to San Francisco either. When they didn't hear from her again, Stroh's family reported their daughter missing and the police looked in between Wells and Winnemucca at first before expanding throughout Nevada and the nearby state borders. But no matter how much ground they covered, there was no sign of the adventurous young woman. A little more than a decade later, in 1998, police received a tip that the missing student's body had been thrown into a mine near Battle Mountain. The FBI and local authorities searched the mine shafts in the area, but they found nothing. And then five years after that, in 2003, serial killer Tommy Lynn Sells confessed to Stephanie's murder. He said that in 87, he had picked her up while she was hitchhiking, 
and offered her a ride all the way to Reno. He claimed that they took LSD together and after that, he strangled her to death, poured concrete over her body, and then dumped her in a hot spring that he described as having an opening about 30 feet wide. Police looked into it, but despite an extensive search, they couldn't find the body, let alone the hot spring he talked about. Sells was then eventually executed in 2014, not for Stroh's case, but for the murder of a girl in Texas. Sells may have been trying to buy time and stave off his execution by fabricating the story. Over the years, several other names have popped up who investigators believe may have picked up and murdered Stephanie. However, nothing concrete has ever been established. Number 3. Chantel Hudson One of the reasons teenagers run away from home can be a strained relationship with their parents and other family members. Chantel Hudson was only 16 when she and her mother had a heated argument over Chantel's choice of friends. So she packed her stuff to run away from home and left the family's apartment in Dayton, Nevada at around 7.30 in the morning on November 14, 1988. Fearing for her daughter's safety, Mrs. Hudson reported her daughter missing shortly after. At the time of her disappearance, she was wearing glasses, and she could also be identified by a large birthmark at the base of her spine and a scar on her ring finger. Two reported sightings came in around a month after she ran away, but after being looked into, they were considered misidentifications by investigators. Prior to that, though, multiple witnesses came forward saying that Chantel was seen at a Dayton street party a couple of days after a missing persons report was filed. She was having fun, hanging with friends, but aside from this and the two false sightings, no other evidence has ever come out. Early on, it was believed that she was seeing a boy and had met up with him and that he most likely would have known where she was or what happened to her. But detectives dug and talked to people in town and there was no clear-cut answer as to who this guy actually was. There were also rumors that she was taking drugs and that she may have gotten involved with the wrong people, but this too was never substantiated. Her own father for a brief time was once suspected in her disappearance. It was thought that maybe she ran off to stay with him, but that wasn't the case either. Ultimately, with no sign of the girl, it's believed that shortly after that street party, she most likely was killed and her body disposed of. Whether it was drug dealers, the boy she was supposedly seeing, or someone else altogether, no one knows. But a 16-year-old out on her own is a disaster waiting to happen, and unfortunately, Chantel is proof of just that. Number 2 Gene Moore You can't talk about Nevada and not think of the lights and nightlife of Las Vegas. But if you're in the know, there's another mini mecca for gamblers and revelers in Nevada, and that is the city of Laughlin. With a population of less than 6,000, this little Vegas is filled to the brim with unsolved mysteries, one of which is the disappearance of a prominent Californian named Jean Marie Moore. Moore was once the honorary mayor of Apple Valley, located in San Bernardino County, California. 
On April 6, 1992, Gene, together with a longtime partner of 20 years, Al Henderson, headed out of town for a vacation down in Laughlin. They were planning on having a fun and romantic stay for three days there to celebrate their engagement. Everything went well, and on the morning of April 9th, the couple checked out of their hotel. And Jean, still feeling lucky, told her husband-to-be that she wanted to play one last time at her favorite slot machine. Al said he dropped her off by the side entrance of a nearby casino, then went ahead and parked the car. After this, he headed inside to look for Jean, but couldn't find her. He figured she might have gone shopping, and to pass the time until she got back, he sat down to play some cards. After a bit, he looked for her again, but she wasn't at her favorite slots. She wasn't shopping. In fact, she wasn't anywhere. Jean was gone. The 59-year-old has never been seen or heard from again, and the ensuing investigation brought to light some disturbing details. Supposedly, a witness saw both Moore and Henderson at a gas station back in Apple Valley on the night of April 8th. Now this contradicted what Al had told the police because according to him, during this time, Gene was on a heater at a casino. When confronted with this information, Al then explained that yes, indeed, they briefly went back to their hometown, which, by the way, is 150 miles away from Laughlin. But after that, he said, they returned to their hotel in Nevada. Then more strange details emerged as Al claimed that while he waited for Gene in the casino, he decided to play her favorite slot machine. CCTV footage, however, shows that he never even went near a slot machine. Mr. Henderson has long been considered a suspect in this strange case. Despite all these suspicions, though, no one could ever pin anything on Al. In 2001, he passed away and probably brought with him to the grave the answers of this mystery. And to date, he was never charged with anything officially in this case. Number 1. Diana Leone Diana Leone's life was never peaceful. She was 16 when she met 50-year-old David Morgan in Las Vegas. He owned several businesses in the area, and though she was underage, the team moved in with him at his home on West Tacos Avenue. In 1989, David was charged with attempted murder after he brutally beat Diana with a pipe that left her fighting for her life. Those charges were dropped, however, when the girl refused to testify against the man in court. But the abuse did never stop. David was arrested again in May of 1997 and then again in March of 99 for domestic violence. Still, though, for reasons unknown, Leone continuously refused to cooperate with authorities in all of these cases. But she definitely should have, because in February of 2000, 35-year-old Diana disappeared for good. But it didn't appear like she had run away for a better life, as all of her personal belongings, clothes, money, jewelry, and car were still at the house. An ensuing investigation revealed more details of the woman's dire situation. According to Diana's daughter, shortly before her mom went missing, she saw her parents having a heated argument, which ended up in a physical altercation. 
She recalled seeing her father shoving her mom through a glass window in their home, and then smashing her head into the refrigerator. Drops of Leone's blood were found inside the couple's home and near her car, which helped verify the daughter's story. The fight supposedly erupted over Leone's alleged infidelity, something that David insisted was true when he was asked. During an interrogation, he talked about his wife having an affair with someone named Tim and that she left Vegas with him. Detectives probed into this, of course, but curiously, they couldn't even verify the existence of this mystery man named Tim. So, did she run away, or did something more sinister occur? Well, 20 years prior to Diana's disappearance, David's second wife, Marie Morgan, also vanished under suspicious circumstances. This began in June of 1980 when Marie took refuge at the Woman's Crisis Center in order to escape her then-husband's abuse. A short time after that, the shelter then reported her missing. When questioned, David said that she had run off with her lover named Gabriel Vincent. When searched for, Gabriel couldn't be located, but as someone living a drifter lifestyle like he was, he was never reported missing. But Kim Smith, David's sister, then told police about her brother's shocking confession when she revealed that he tortured and shot the wanderer in one of the storage facilities he rented from Morgan. This was then corroborated by a former associate named Fred Hackett, who claimed to have seen the man shooting Marie's alleged lover. Hackett's statements coincided with Smith's account of David's confession, Mr. Morgan, then, was subsequently charged with Vincent's murder and Marie's disappearance. However, for what seemed to be a surprising turn of events, he had once again evaded trial when Hackett died in 2012. With his death, David's guilt could not be proven. The cases involving Diana, Marie, and Vincent all point to the same suspect, David Morgan. But on November 11th of 2018, he peacefully passed away of old age as a free man and was never tried for any of the crimes he committed. Sometimes, I guess, it seems karma doesn't work fast enough. So that's going to do it, guys, for our podcast today. If you enjoy what you listen to, please don't forget to rate and share this content with your friends. If you're looking for more intriguing and fascinating stories, you got to head over to Everytown. That's our podcast where we go in-depth into some true crime cases that you're not going to believe. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys in the next one.